Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. All right guys, in this episode we talk a load about golf. <laughs> St Andrews, yes. uh, we talk about Kings Barnes, we talk about Ming Woo Lee, one of the best golfers I've ever played with and ever seen. Uh, playing St Andrews backwards or in reverse should we say, which will give you a little insight about coming soon. Um Mickelson winning, Brooks and the, um what's his name? Bryson having a little bit of a fight. Mm-hmm. We also talk about a day, Rick, where we deal with cheaters. Again, I like I, cheaters. Really. How did you think my um, my method was for dealing with cheaters? That was Rick? quite bizarre. So your actual, your actual um, feedback for the day, Rick, was quite sensible, and quite down the line. We then took you on a bit of a journey where it got very weird. I feel like you can get quite weird some of these day, Ricks, but it was fun. I think people enjoy that. Um, we're obviously back in the studio today. Um, we've got some really exciting guests lined up for the podcast coming soon. We did one with Ming Wu Lee recently, which you'll see, you'll hear very, very soon. Um, that's pretty much it. Should we roll the intros? Let's have a little rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three. Yeah, I win. I think one. I always go scissors. I'll go um, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode number 77. We're back home. We're back in Salford. Uh... I feel a little bit like almost semi-golf hungover mm. after this weekend. It was a lot of golf, uh, a couple of days to recover, but we're back, um, powered by our good friends Motor Caddy. And Motor Caddy was very, very useful up in Scotland. Uh, some of the hills and the mounds and the undulating lies definitely, not having the stress of carrying my bag definitely helped me. And you hit a lot of fairways, so you're just gliding down the fairway with your electric trolley with its remote control, just chilling, looking like a boss. That's how I roll. Quite literally, it's how I roll. So, yes, yeah, so last weekend, obviously, our last episode, obviously, was a very special one. We did it at St. Andrew's Old Course after playing the Old Course on the Friday. We did. Uh, we also gave you a little sneak preview of what was to come, and we kind of want to discuss that a little bit today because we've got King's Barns to cover. Yes. St. Andrew's Old Course in reverse, which was one of the most incredible moments of my life and then also playing St Andrew's Old Course again for this upcoming Break 75 which won't give too much away because that's going to come out this Friday. Well the reverse video's not out yet either <clears throat> that's 16th of June. Away. I think we'll give a little, little, little nugget a little sprinkle little of a, a, nugget. a little sprinkle of what's to come with that well where, first where should we start? First things first I think last week's podcast, I said this to you, I was still in such a daze after the surprise of playing St. Andrews. And I don't want to go on about loads and become a bit of like a meme that I don't stop talking about it. But it was honestly unbelievable. And we've got a little, we asked people on um, on the Facebook page yesterday 
to send us some of their best golfing moments as well because that for me was 100% my best golfing moments we've got a couple of those we'll go through later on um but for me bar obviously how unbelievable it was to play the old course with you and my family my highlight that weekend was watching Minwoo Lee in the flesh around King's Barnes because he is undoubtedly the best golfer I have seen properly in the flat. Well, I've been to the opening since Tiger hit shots. I was very fortunate, obviously, years ago to play two holes with Rory, but like properly for 18 holes to walk around with, he is a completely and utterly the best golfer I've ever, 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 ever seen. It's quite special, isn't it? So, up, being up at St Andrews, obviously, having the advantage of playing the golf course in reverse, we were invited by Callaway. It wasn't a paid gig. Uh, they had a, a they, they have a link with St Andrews Links Trust. Yes. And they wanted a, a really cool opportunity to be able to make a video there. And when they put it in front of me and said, would you want to play old course in reverse? I was like, absolutely. And we started throwing some names about our tour players. We actually started... Just a quick one. Do we need to give a bit more about the old course in reverse? Or do, you, or do you want to save that? About what it... Not about you playing it, but about the history of it. Or did we do that last week? I can't even remember. So back in the day... Just come in, Matt. Matt's bringing in a drink for Rick. No, it's all right. Don't worry. I don't want that. Thanks. What do you want? A water? We've not got any left. There's one water in the fridge, is there not? No, no is water. What the hell? Who's, who's responsible for stocking the fridge in this place? You. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Back in the day, back in the olden days, as many people know, the old course is the home of golf, apparently where it all started. There's other rumours of where it, golf originally, originally took place. Well, I think what happened was golf in some form happened thing in China and all the countries in the world because obviously it's not that complex to hit, a, hit an object with a stick. Yeah. So I think there's, there's rumours and obviously, no, not rumours, that sounds a bit like gossip, but there's like theories and evidence that started in different countries. But St Andrews is officially where the rules were put in place. You know, the actual game of golf as we know it today was born about, was it five, six hundred years ago? Yeah, six hundred years ago, yeah. So there was, the, the original, original layout of the golf course was very different to what it is now. So it actually started off as 22 holes golf at the old course. And I believe the first and the second and the 17th and 18th were played as almost four much shorter holes or or eight much shorter holes, should I say. And over time, they decided, actually, it's getting a bit hectic. When golf became more popular, it was getting a little bit more busy out on the golf course. They realised, actually, this isn't going to work as 22 holes. We need to shorten it because there's danger of people getting hit by balls and this, that, and the other. So they ended up shortening to 18 holes, and that became almost... The, the, that was the standard of a round of golf, 18 Every holes. golf course in the world. It's crazy, that, isn't it? it? Like, it's proper mad, that. I always think this. So, back in the day as well, they used to actually play the golf course, and I don't quite know the theory behind this, but they used to play it in what's known as clockwise and anti-clockwise. Mm. So right now, the old course, as people know it, as they've watched it on TV and they've watched the Open there and they've seen the, the greats play that golf course, they'll know the first hole starts on the right-hand side and it'll go down the fairway and the, and the green's on the right-hand side. And basically, from that point then, you pretty much go anti-clockwise yeah. around. So you, you go out up the right-hand side of the golf course. There's a bit of a loop around 9 and 10 where you're back on each other. And then you come back towards the town, back into town, and that's where out and in came from as well on a scorecard. On the right-hand side of the golf course, Mm. coming back towards the town, or what would be the left if you were looking from the first tee. Uh, And then obviously they'd finish on the 18th green. But that wasn't always the case because you could play in clockwise and 
anti-clockwise. So the clock, the actual clockwise method of playing it, this sounds really, a bit uh, complex, but the clockwise method of playing it is actually in reverse. Yes. So you tee off from the first tee and picture this. From the first tee, you go almost across the golf course towards the 17th green, the famous road hole mm-hmm. bunker. Then from there, you tee off pretty much where the 18th tee is and go towards the 16th green and so forth and so forth. And then you finish from the second tee back towards the 18th green. That that last tee shot's definitely a little bit easier than the normal 18th. What's crazy, obviously, we played it on Friday, the correct way round and yeah. the normal way round. And then after, when playing it on Sunday in reverse it still looked like a proper golf course. Well, there's certain bunkers that were in place for that way around. So when you play it the correct, the correct way around, you'll see some bunkers that aren't in play at all, really. And they're like sat the wrong way around. And yeah. you'd be thinking to yourself, why is that bunker there? Well, that's obviously why, because when you play it in reverse, it's in play. Now, to play in reverse, it happens incredibly rare. Yes. Like unbelievably rare. I think maybe once or twice... Every few years, they have a competition where there's hundreds of golfers that get the opportunity of playing it the wrong way around as a part of history, based quite simply. Well, playing St. Andrews the correct way around is, is quite difficult sometimes to get on, as people probably know. To play it in reverse is essentially impossible, isn't it? Money can't buy, really, unless you are Rick Shields. Well, there <laughs> we go. The other thing that I think not a lot of people know, and, and I, don't, I, I reckon not a lot of Americans would know this, and I, probably not a lot of Brits know this, the old course at St. Andrews is closed on a Sunday. Well, I was on the phone this morning to a potential guest for the next podcast. We won't spoil that yet. And I told him that and he had no idea. And he's an avid golfer. He's a massive golfer. It's literally, the old course is closed, as Rick said, to the public. But not only that, oh, sorry, it's, it's closed to, for golf, open to the public. as literally a park. You can walk your dog on there. So I had a run a on there. You can play football on the 18th I saw guys with rugby balls on there. Literally playing rugby, throwing it around. Kids probably playing in the bunkers. You do what you want. It's a literally a public park. Because it's owned by St Andrew's Links Trust. It's not owned by a person or anything. It's owned by the, the local trust. It's so weird, that, isn't it? It's so strange. So it's only ever open on a Sunday for the Open Championship. Obviously, yeah. that finished on a Sunday when it's at St Andrews. The Dunhill Links, which yeah. again finished on a Sunday. And, and the, that's pretty much the, it. the Links Trophy... An amateur competition, I think, possibly oh, as well. Okay. But other than that, it's like three, four times a year. So that, to the extent where if there's anything happening on Sunday, i.e. the video that we filmed, they have to send out like an email, a letter to local help, well, people that live in the area in St Andrews to say that, look, something's happening at the golf course. So just be aware, that, yeah. you know. So we had to tee off super early on the Sunday, get out there. There was nobody out on the golf course when we started filming. But as we came back towards the town... It was busy. Yeah. Like, the, like we had to have stewards out with us who were who were kind of very politely asking people could they refrain retain from walking on the fairways because there was going to be golf being played with me and Ming Wu Lee. So it was it was unbelievable. And like I say, you after filming, you went out for a I run. Literally, I didn't. I've been in a bit of running recently, but I wasn't bothered about going for a run right away. Really, but I just thought I can't not go for a run on the old course. So I literally went out, like you said, run ran anticlockwise out, and then came back over the Swilcombe Bridge and literally ran up the 18th fairway and just filmed it just as a memory. And I stopped about two-thirds of the way just before, um, oh, what's it called, the, the dip? Um, Sin Valley, uh, uh, Valley of Sin. Sin, just before the Valley of Sin. Literally on the most, well, I was going to say arguably, I think definitely the most famous hole in golf. I just went for a run up it. It's mad. It's, ab- it, it's, it's crazy. There's no other golf 
place that I can think of where you can get that close to history. You know what you need to do if, if you listen to this, and even if you don't know it that well, go onto Google Earth and just put yourself on the, like the little man, the little yellow man on the road, and you can literally see there's a road and then there's a the golf course, and you can just walk on. It yeah. is, it is mad. What's really cool as well when it's all these little things that that I didn't realize again. So once we'd finished golf on the Sunday playing it in reverse and yeah. finished on the 18th green and took our pictures and whatever. One of the guys from St. Andrews actually carried the flag off the green. I mean, I, I, you and me probably thought he's going to take that inside. Like, yeah. that's not, and the, just by the side of the green, there was a hole that was designated to put the flag into. So it was off the green so that tourists, so that spectators, so that golf avid fans could come down and you can literally walk on the golf course. It's mental and have a picture next to the flag on the 18th green with the clubhouse in the background, the RNA clubhouse in the background or the university building, which is, is now the red building or back down towards the Swilkin bridge. You can sit on the Swilkin bridge. You can take pictures, you know, again, it goes, we had a conversation about this not that long ago, the difference between UK and America. If that golf course was in America, it would there would be stores out there, there'd be merchandise tents, there'd be guys with you know, like when you get a camera at like a theme yeah. park and they'd be taking a picture and suddenly there'd be this massive store that you can go and <laughs> That's choose forty five quid for your picture, please. You can have a picture on a key ring, on a mug, on yeah. a on a mouse mat or whatever it may be. None of a that mouse ex- mat. What yeah. are you living in? <laughs> 1998. Not, oh, your phone cover and, and this and that. None of that happens there, does it? It's the best place on earth. If you're a golfer, it's, it's just it, well obviously if you live in the UK it's much easier to get to but it's worth going in it for a day even if you know that you're, you're not going to get on the golf course if you live within three four five hours of there which obviously a lot of the UK probably will or decent chunk it's worth the drive up just to have a day there and go and see, I went to go and see old Tom Morris's grave if you're not aware of who old Tom Morris was he was arguably the pioneer of professional golf he's an absolute legend in the game so many of his rules and things are in the game today he won the Open four times I believe his son young Tom Morris won it four times before he's Really early death, I think they did 25. Their graves are there, you can go and see. There's loads of little independent golf shops that anywhere else in the world probably wouldn't survive, but because they're there, they thrive. It is just an epic place. It, it's Disneyland for golf. 100%. But moving on, do you want to move on to King's Barnes? I want to touch on two things. Quick. I want to cover I something. Quick, lady, all day. I want to cover something that we talked about last podcast that we got wrong. Which was? The green fee. Yeah. I got told it was 400 quid, right. and it's not. It's like £190 for a okay. green fee at St Andrews. So it's not it's not cheap, but it's an experience. A tenner a hole, mm-hmm. basically. Um, also, I wanted to touch on this crazy thing that we found out, that if you are a resident of St Andrews, yeah. you get membership to the whole of St Andrews Links for £250. Seven courses, I believe it is. If you live in the town. I mean, that's... That's like crazy. So straight away, I went on right move. I started looking at properties in St. Andrews. Maybe just a little holiday home. Okay. You know, just somewhere to... Well, what's a two-bed flat? 750 grand or something? Well, yeah, obviously, you've got to pay the <laughs> 750 grand so you can get the 250 pounds. That's worth it. <laughs> but think of that house in five years. It'd be worth a million. It's an investment. Well, I've decided, I said to my brother the other day, that I now want to try and make it a bit of a bucket list to play every open course on the rotor oh, wow. and keep the scorecard. So I've already done Carnoustie, but I want to do it again so that I can because I don't know where my scorecard is and keep every scorecard. And I'm looking at prices. Now some of them obviously that like you said can be 200 300 quid, which is a lot of money for a green fee. But I've thought of a way around it. If you think about Tell it. Tell them you work for Rick Shields. No. I'll pay, don't worry. But like let's just say it's 250, right? Which is a lot of money, I know that. 
And then you put another 250 to one side for travel expenses, a night in a hotel if needed, or fuel, or a bit of food. 500 quid. I think there's 10 or 11 courses on the rotor. So you're looking at about five grand, which is a hell of a lot of money. But if you do that over five years or 10 years, however long you wanted to do it over, I feel like it's quite, it's not actually that expensive, you know, in a sense, over that time. And even when you think of like a green fee as being 250 or 300 quid, it's a hell of a lot of money. But if you do two a year and it's like a proper bucket list thing, it's quite, it's not as bad as like, it's, for example, if somebody rang you the night before and said, oh, I've got a, a free space at Royal Living tomorrow, it's 300 quid, you might be thinking, oh, that's a bit pricey. But if you've looked forward... You factored it in. Yeah, if you factored it in and you look, you've look, you been looking forward to it for three months, four months, five months, it's not actually that much. So I think that's my goal, to play them all. What would be the top of the list for you? Um, I must admit, I've not only really got a top of the list. Obviously, it was St Andrews, which I've done. Which one have you... You've you've not played that many, only, have you? I've only done um, Carnoustie and St Andrews. Not, not played any others. Not the High Lake? I've not done any others. No. <laughs> I feel like you're going to keep reeling them up. I've not done any. Um, okay. Cool. So I want to do Burtdale first, maybe. Um, that's St Andrews done. Dusted. <laughs> What's next? Um, Kings Barnes and Minwoo Lee. Yes. So Minwoo Lee. But I want to start with him first. Um, we had him on the podcast. He is next week's episode. No, sorry, two weeks episode yes, from today. Weeks. Uh, reason being, it's not time sensitive. We're going to release it when guys are on holiday. So uh, that's going to be a really exciting one. He'd never done the podcast before. or actually sat in person. He's 22 years old, but his maturity level is just ridiculous, isn't it? Like he, he, he's a grown up, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's so good. So that's a really good podcast to look forward to. His golf, so before we'd done the podcast, I hadn't played golf with him. We'd kind of been a, a little bit of communication on, on DMs, on Instagram and things like that. And he's done really well. He's won in Australia on the European Tour. Um, he has been up there round about. He's quite new to the tour still. Um, but quite simply, he is one of the best golfers I've ever seen. Unbelievable. I've played with some really good golfers. Westwood, Fleetwood, Rose, Matt Wallace, Luke Donald, Chris Luke Donald, Wood. Beef, uh, Harrington, Harrington, uh, Nasa Hatakocha, yeah, who I who I would actually have previous before this said she was one of the most impressive golfers, yeah. but on a different scale. Ming Wu Lee was just phenomenal. He, he had in eighteen holes nine birdies, and it could have easily been eleven. He, he had a three putt. He had a three-putt par in that. He drove a green, the sixth, three-putt par. He had eagle opportunities on every par five and very, very makeable eagle opportunities. He boxed a lot of fantastic birdie putts. And his golf, and I've, we kind of both said this, that I've played with many good players. Mm. And when they hit a great shot, I kind of think to myself, I know I can't do that all the time, but I can do that. Like what you've just done, I can do. Yep. Not first take, maybe 10th ten, take, whatever it may be, whether it's a driver shot, an iron into the green, a wedge shot, a port, a bunker shot, whatever it may be. The way he played golf, I can't do 99.9% of the things he can do. Yeah. And that scares me. Well, that, When we've done videos recently with James Robinson, who's been on the European Tour and played in the Open... He's obviously unreal at golf. Like, imagine the best player at your, cl- your club. He's probably five shots better than that. Well, that's hard to say, but he's, he's class, isn't he? He's yeah. so, so, so good. Yeah. But like you said, when he hits shots, it's 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 what I, what impressed me more, like a James Robinson, is 
not so much the shot, it's the consistency of hitting that shot. Like you said, if you bomb the driver and it's gone however far, me and you, I think, could do that shot, but we might hit five or six more that are horrendous or whatever. He does it every time, pretty much. But like Minwoo Lee, the strike, the sound, the flight, the distance. Like he was 30, 40 past you, wasn't he? Truthfully, if not more, in a couple of holes. Comfortably. Absolutely bombs it. There's a couple of times when he hit driver first, and I thought, bloody hell, he's hit that really well. And I would step up there and, and crush it. And deep down, I'm thinking, I've not, I can't hit that any better. Like, that's yeah. as good as I've just hit a golf shot. It's straight down the fairway. And I played really nicely at King's Barnes, which you would have seen. Yeah, that'll seen. be out now. Um, I played really nicely. And um, I'm walking down the fairway thinking, well, there's my ball. Where's his? Where is he? Miles. And he's, he's 30, 40, 50, 60 yards further than me every frigging time. It's abs- and, and the strike with irons, like with certain long irons, it's just like absolutely flushed. And then, like, it hit a wedge that he's like, not overly impressed with, and it'd be like 15 foot to yeah. the side, and it's yeah. like still a really good birdie chance. He was always pin high on wedges. He played this beautiful little flight with his wedges, just so nice, nicely played. Um, and the other thing that I really noticed, and I think you picked up on it as well, there was next to no shape on his golf shots. So straight. Like, and that really helped, because it was, there was a bit of a breeze there at King's Barnes, and so many times where he just hit it, almost the wind just didn't affect his golf shot. Mad. Um, he put it an unbelievable. His short game when he didn't hit the green was phenomenal. Uh, he played this that amazing bunk shot on number seventeen. Yeah, just like what? Um, the kid's a baller. You know when we did videos recently with with James Robinson, you said after filming, I think you might have said in the podcast, you almost can't comprehend how he's not on tour still. Do you now realise more? I do. And I this do. isn't attention with James Robinson, just no. that level below. And and I think people need to see that to understand the separation between a James Robinson. And he knows it. James yeah, knows yeah. this. Well, that's we're, not, not on, yeah. we're not talking out of turn. And then a Ming Woo Lee. And, and then a Dustin Johnson, a Justin Thomas, a Rory McIlroy, a Tiger, a Phil Mickelson. Like, that, again, is like a different level again. It is, it is literally ridiculous how good these guys are. And he stood on the tee, and he's hitting a driver. And, you, you know, like... Sometimes when I stand there, I can't imagine how I'm going to hit a good shot. I'm looking, thinking this could go left, could go right, it could go straight, it could do anything. I don't have any idea. When he's there, I can't see anything other than the middle of the fairway or worst case, just leaking to the right by five yards. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And the weirdest bit is, he, um, I was used to play, it was you, a guy called Owen, and possibly going to be, and, and Minwoo, and then possibly me as well. And then we found out, I think, just before going playing, that I couldn't play because he had a friend coming. And truthfully now, I wasn't bothered. I'd played at St Andrews. I'd had the best day of my life. I thought, you know what? I always feel golfed out because it was tough that Friday as well. The conditions were horrendous. So I thought, I'm looking forward to walk around. I can put more layers on. I can wear a big, chunky coat. I had a packet of uh, salt and vinegar quavers in my my coat as well. Living the dream. Yeah. So we got there, and there was this lad on the tee who was obviously his friend. And I don't know why, I had this like feeling that he was like a seven handicapper, so I could get it round. He wasn't a, a world beater, but he was off about seven or eight, and he was a bit of a fan of Minwoo, so they connected through Instagram. Well, it was almost Minwoo that said that after the podcast. He went, oh yeah, just a, a friend of mine is going to join me. He's, he's only an amateur. Yeah. That was his line, he's only an amateur. Exactly. So I thought this lad, that's what it was going to be. He's going to be nice enough, lad. I don't know why I had this thing in my head, because he's quite active on Instagram, Minwoo. So I kind of thought, well, he's from Australia. He's not going to know a lad who lives in Scotland. It must no. just be a, a, a connection or whatever. So we got them, we chatted to this lad and I said a quick like hello and he was 
you know, he wasn't a big lad. He was he was a twenty years old, kind of like a normal twenty year old kid. Yeah. And we got onto the tee, and then the four of you said, "Should we have a bit of a match as well, then, or whatever?" So Owen was off plus two. He's an absolute baller. Minwoo's obviously a tour pro, won the European Tour, turn pro of plus five baller. This guy, we said, "What what what are you off?" And I think he's going to say seven, eight, nine, plus five. He was off plus five, and it turns out that he is Scottish born. 20 years old, lived in um, Australia for the last 10 years, which is how he knows Minwoo Lee. He's got but, an Australian nationality now. Exactly. Hasn't he? But he came over to, to Scotland, England for six months to try and play in all the amateur stuff and he's staying with a family friend. He was an absolute baller. Josh Greer, his name is. Yeah. He's absolutely sick at golf. And again, he played really well. Yeah. I think he shot like six under. He was unreal. Yeah. Again, Minwoo Lee played even better than that. Like, it was just, it was a class, class day playing, obviously, me, and I, I kind of joked in the video and joked on the first day, I was comfortable with the worst golfer in the group, which very rarely does happen for me. Like, I play with I play with good golfers, yes, but in a group of four, very rare am I the worst golfer in the group, and I was comfortable. You liked that, though, I think, because it was no pressure. Well, it took all the pressure off me, and I was like, I know... Even people might be listening, yeah, but you're a golf pro, Rick. I mean, yeah, but I'm not this level. I'm not I'm not a plus handicap. You've seen enough videos of mine now, if, you, if you're listening and, and watching the videos, that I would probably see myself, and it, we might do a fun video where I might work out my handicap soon. I see myself as, realistically now, a two to three handicapper. Well, let's put it this way then. Let's say you're two, just for our figures. I would say Minu Lee now would be plus seven. Yeah. He's nine shots around, probably going to shoot better than you, which I think he did. And you both played well. You played well. You shot level parts. Yeah. a really tidy score. You played so solid. There was no, I couldn't see anything doing anything wrong. A little put you missed on 18, which is a shame. But you hold loads of other good ones. So yeah. it's just the way it goes, isn't it? But he's literally like nine shots better than you. Yeah. And you're like nine shots better than the 10, 11 handicapper. Yeah. So it just puts it into the... It's just... Uh, 18 sh- shots better than... He He was 18 shots better than a nine handicapper. And he actually is. Like, it's, he, it's unreal. Unreal. So, you're right, I play solid. I did something I've never done before. I had 15 pars on the bounce, uh, only to break that par streak with a birdie on 16. And then pared 17 and annoyingly made a three-put bogey on the last hole to shoot level par. But can't to this point, if someone had said to me at the start of the round, you're going to shoot 72, I'd have snatched her hand off. Um, but I felt a bit like, ah, that was annoying. But as you mentioned, I hold loads of really good puts from short range. Didn't particularly have my AA game on. The other thing I've, I've certainly started to realise is when I hit greens now, <clears throat> I see that as a success and I need to maybe change my mindset a little bit. Get because, closer. Yeah, because that's the biggest difference now. When I honestly look back and I've watched the video, I, I thought I had birdie opportunities. I didn't really. Like I didn't, Birdie puts. Birdie puts. <laughs> I was miles away. So like... Just doing two puts were great, but when you look at like Minwoo Lee again, he, I know we feel like we're smoke, blowing smoke up his ass a bit, but he was nine under, and there was still a lot of really good birdie opportunities he missed, which is mind blowing. I look at my score and go, "That's probably as good as I could have scored." Bad last put, maybe on the last green, that's as good as I could have scored because I'm not unless I hold a sixty footer across the green, that wasn't likely to happen. Yeah. And I think that's the thing now, like proximity to the hole, being just, not only being able to get a good tee shot down the fairway and putting yourself in a great position, but from 150 yards in, like these guys are breaking the flags. It's unreal. There's two things I t- like kind of took away from it. The first one is, I'm going to keep an eye on him this season on the European Tour. I think you said this, well you did, you were looking I'm, this I'm morning. I'm literally looking at the score. I'm, he's out at 
he's out in about two hours and I can't wait to see how he does. I'm going to keep an eye on him because it's a win-win. He's either going to go on and be class and win again on tour, in which case we've spent time with him and it's been great to see, or, well, it's not a win-win. If the, the, the worst case, if he doesn't do that well in the next season or this season or whatever, it'll open my eyes to the level that those guys are as well. The other and, thing I've talked about... And he can have a future... Um, we'll reserve him a spot to be a... Um, guest on our channel at any time. Yes. That's, that's, what he, that's his fallback plan. If he doesn't make it... Get on that video. Get on that video. Win. The other thing I'm going to take away from him, and this sounds a bit counterintuitive, but really am. This is truthful here. He was that good at golf. It didn't make me feel bad. It made me feel good because it made me realise how on earth can I get annoyed if I don't shoot a good score or don't play that well because I'm not actually that good to start with. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, my, if I go out and shoot a good score, and let's say I shoot three, four, five over par, which I should be pretty happy with, that's great, and I should be happy with that. But if I shoot 15 over, so what? I'm not playing yeah. for a living. I'm not a good, good golfer. Like, that is good golf. Like, yeah. I felt so far removed from it that it actually made me feel bad. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. It, it put me, yeah, I do get that. I want everything that he has, but I don't want to put the work in. So I can't, I can't be a good golfer. Yeah, that's... I'm not. I'm, I shouldn't. I don't deserve to be a good golfer because when I look at him and I walked off and, I, and I'm jealous of him to a degree. I'm like, bloody hell, how good was it? It was ridiculous. But I don't want to put the work in to get that good. I don't think anyone does. A lot of people do because it's obviously so much work, isn't it? <laughs> so that for me is almost like a yeah, you might want it, but that's like looking at bloody um, some guy who's bloody ripped on on Instagram and going, I want that body, but I'm not willing to. Work out. Also and eat well, five guys, McDonald's. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How big by on the way home? So we came home on Monday. Was it Monday evening? Yeah. Can we just talk through our McDonald's order quickly? Because it was absolutely ridiculous. outrageous. It so was ridiculous. I had two triple cheeseburgers with a large fries. First off, <laughs> we, so we had a four hour four hour drive home. It was late in the afternoon. We'd we'd done St Andrews Break seventy five, which again's com- coming out soon this weekend, this Friday. Um, left St Andrews, jumped in the car, packed everything up. We're tired, we're hungry, we're shooting down the motorway. We only really want to make one stop. We get to the first services. It was just a petrol station. Horrendous. Like, absolute disaster. Um, so we had to, and we were so looking forward to food at that point. What was your number one thing you wanted? Mackey's? Or start, do you want a KFC with I started like? to get a little, if, if, if I didn't get a Mackey's, I'd almost resided myself to having a KFC. Yeah. So we're driving down a little bit further. We jump on another motorway on route back home, and uh, we've, prob- we've probably been driving for maybe two hours by this point. I was absolutely starving. So luckily, we pulled into a, another kind of a semi services with a petrol station. I needed petrol as well, which was lucky, and uh, we found a McDonald's. The golden arches, screaming our names. It was beautiful. So you had two double tree- cheeseburgers, oh, tr- two, two triple, two triple cheese cheeseburgers, <laughs> a large fries, yeah, and then you had what were your burgers? <clears throat> I had this kind of like chicken spicy mayo thing, which was really nice yeah. as a meal, large meal, a Big Mac on the side. Then we decided to order 20 nuggets. Yes. And we, did, we didn't quite polish those off, but we did a good job. A um, couple of drinks. We were debating McFlurries, but we didn't bother. Should have done really. Um, went to the services, bought a packet. I bought a packet of uh, chocolate raisins and also some uh, squashes. You went pretty big, but yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> I needed it to keep me awake. That and a monster, and I, w- I was rocking. I couldn't sleep that night. I don't have a lot of McDonald's, but in certain situations like that, it just hits the spot. I was so hungry and so many calories so quickly. But yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, good. Um, are you ready for your dear Rick? Let's do it. So dear Rick is brought to uh, us and to you, the listener, by certainly my best friend, 
and probably your third best friend. I'll be honest, I don't have best friends. Like my problem is, I I, I fall out with people too quickly. Yeah. So I I won't put them in best friend category because that's who I mainly fall out with. Okay. So I might put them in like sound acquaintance. Yeah. Like if we meet up in the pub in a couple of weeks. I'll be sound with them. And if, also for me, up in the pub with them in three years, it'll just be the exact, exact same, same level of soundness. They're not getting that special treatment, but then they're never going to fall off either. <laughs> we'll always just, just quick fist pump, usual motor caddy. Like yeah, a absolutely. Rob Potter. Like a Rob Potter. It's a nice, solid Rob Potter. <laughs> so motor caddy, um, sponsored this podcast. This is the ninth week. They wanted to get some really good brand exposure and align to the best podcast in the world. And they're walking away being told uh, the Rob Potter of the golf world. So hopefully they take us a compliment. I think they should do, Rob, if you're listening. Um, if we'd all be a bit more like Rob, the world would be a, a nice place. I don't know where I'm going with this now. Anyway, right, you ready for this? Yeah. So, dear Rick, I play golf about once a week with a couple of close friends. Okay. okay. I play off about 10 and my mates play off around 28. We typically play Stableford and play for a tenner. The loser pays a tenner to the winner and second place keeps their money. So there's three of them. Yep. If you win, you get a tenner off the guy that finishes last. Nice. Middle's quite... I'd quite like that format because if you like... If one's steaming away, he's going to win. So it's the second and third place battling out. If second and first are close, it's kind of a good dynamic. Yeah, I might is, try that really in the good. future. Um, if you win two games in a row, then your handicap gets cut by two. And if you lose two games in a row, then your handicap goes up by two. So it's all in good fun and good spirits to keep it even. Nice. I'm really invested in this. We should have a go at this one time. That being said, one of my mates always cheats. Oh, my goodness. He doesn't always count his air shots in the correct... And also, the correct amount out of a bunker. So, let's say it's four at the bunker, it's suddenly become three, etc. He doesn't take drops the, from the correct areas when going to hazard, and he moves the ball to a better lie when he shouldn't. So, essentially, he's cheating. Wow. Given it's good fun, and it's only for small amounts, how do I call out my fellow golfers who don't play by the rules? So, I th- this isn't I, as simple as clear cut as someone cheating in a comp. I just feel like this is an education piece. Okay. I just I just feel like this is, it might take a few times and you might have to do it quite tactfully and you might just need to, you know, address it in the right manner. I can feel a role play coming on here. So no, okay. it's just, I think it's just a, a very tactical way of doing it. Just education. So, for example, if the two, the two uh, let's say on the first hole, they have a fresh air shot, they take two extra in the bunk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, he walks off and says, I took five. When you actually know they took seven, all right, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. It's, I think it's that point you go, just a quick one, John. Um, can I just recount that score? Because there was the... The, air, the the shot that you miss, and <clears throat> I don't know if you know, but that's actually counted as an actual shot, so that would be two. And then when you went in the bunker, I was watching, I was counting, I think I, d- I don't think you got out first time, I think that was maybe one, you hit the bank and it rolled back down and went in your footprint. Do you remember you whinged and moaned? <laughs> then you tried to take it again, and it hit the lip and, and just missed you, because if it had actually hit you, that would have also been a penalty, believe it or not. Um, and then you chipped it out, and then you three-putted. So um, if we count that up together, you count that up with me, John. So that's one to the to the fairway. You missed that one, so that's two. Remember that. You've got to count that air shot. You then put it in the bunker. You hit it against the lip, so that's four, five, six, seven out of the bunker. You two-putted, let's say. Oh, you actually scored nine. So don't worry. We'll put a nine down. Um just remember those little things, but also a little tip out the bunker next time. Just open that face up and just get that, get that wedge under the, cl- the ball ball a bit more. Christ, used to be fun, you did. It's just, and I, listen, I like cheating with the best of them. <laughs> but when we're frigging playing for money, you you play by the rules. I, no, I, think, I think that's, hopefully, it's done in more naivety than on purpose. If it's done on purpose, then obviously that's a different topic. But I still think you can address it the same way. Mm. I would try and educate as opposed to come out straight fighting with the fists. Okay. That went quite serious and quite well. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Any think, advice from you? Um, it is a tough one because I've had some friends that play golf that weren't necessarily cheating, but if might not do things the right way. So, like, you know, there's a rule now, if you've got a bounds, you can drop it near the out-of-bounds. But they used to do that before it was a rule. Yeah. But that's only if it's a local rule as well. Well, yeah. That's, that's not true. even if it... That's not... Um, I think, as long as, in my opinion, if it's... I, I would say there's two ways. There's cheating, like, actual cheating, where you know on purpose you're moving your golf ball or you put purposely writing the wrong score down or whatever it may be. Like, when we played that that bloody charity golf day a few last year. Oh, yeah. Like, that's cheating. Genuinely cheating. Cheating the system, cheating the scores, everything. But I think when it's done in the way that's been described there, I feel like it's... That doesn't sound as cheat... Like, that just sounds like he, he wasn't, maybe wasn't aware that this shot was a, a... Or, you know, they've just let each other off now and again, but maybe they need to go... I'll tell you what, from... You know, we'll all play exactly by the rules moving forward. Little scenario for you, then. In uh, 15 years' time, you've retired from YouTube, right? Yeah. And you own a golf course. Yeah, own called, a golf course. You own it, you're the boss. Nice. And it's like called um, 
Rick Shields Towers. Rick, Rick Shields. Shields. Rick Shields Manor. Um, the clubhouse. I don't know. It's called whatever it's called. You're the boss, right? You're at this point. You're in your fifties. Trying to think of a golf course name. Yeah. So I'm seeing. I'm seeing fifty. Oh, Rick, this is Rick Shields' fifty years, right? Okay. In fifty years. In fifty years' time. I'll be quite old then. You'll hear will be looking good. <laughs> I'd have had my transplant. You'll have had your transplant. You maybe like a nice beer belly from all the red wine you're drinking. Yeah. Yep. You got Aston Martin. Ooh. You wear Hugo Boss jeans. Obviously. And I was like a polo, really big fancy watch. Yeah. Your teeth are even better than they are now. Like wow, unbe- like unnecessarily white. Okay. Um what else can we have? Still married to the first wife? You're on the third by now. Okay, yeah, well, listen. Obviously. <laughs> You've just had another kid as well. So you're like 55 with a brand newborn. Ah, uh, okay, I like it. Your wife's 20. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like... It's you, a good job my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Really tanned, outrageously tanned as well. The same colour as these wooden things behind I us. I sound a bit like that Lineker fella. Yes, Wayne Lineker. That's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking about, yeah. Still on like all the social media apps like TikTok or whatever there is there and a bit of a pest, etc. Okay. I feel like you'd like to be this one. I know, yeah. What, where's, <laughs> where's the, the downside at the moment? <laughs> but you're the, basically the owner of the golf club. Okay. And, you know, you go most days, you're always on a Saturday, propping up the bar, giving out ales to people that you like, etc. Nice. Milk had it at the bar, they get free drinks, obviously. Obviously. And because it's your golf club, it's your rules. So it's this particular day, it's a <laughs> nice, su- nice sunny June day, and there's a big comp on. And you find out the guy that's won has actually cheated. Okay. So it's your rules. What are you going to do to him? How are you going to punish that cheater? Cheated, cheated. He's proper cheated, yeah. People have been thinking about for a while. He shot a gross 82 off 15 and won by a couple of shots. Well, but there's been evidence. <clears throat> Not only people know about it, they've actually filmed him on the golf course, moving his, bunker, moving his ball in the bunker, dropping one out of his pocket. Actually on film as well, so it's definitely him. Your club, your rules. What, well, this is that easy. He goes to the punishment wall. Ah, okay. Talk to me. So... This is how it works. Right. So once said cheat has been, you know, um, guilty yeah. of, of cheating, we've got evidence, hardcore evidence. Uh, it goes to the board, which actually is only me. Yeah, so I, I just make the rules. Yeah, he cheated. Okay. Yeah. Um, he then is uh, called upon to attend the punishment wall. <laughs> um, he doesn't, it, it's mandatory as well. He, he has to come. And at the punishment wall, Saturday afternoon, everyone's had a few beers. Because what's really good about the Rick Shields golf course is nobody drives there. Everyone gets picked up by Ubers and all get dropped off after. So you can drink as much as you want. Teslas as well. Teslas, only Tesla Ubers. So you get picked up, you get dropped off, everyone can drink. Beer's dirt cheap. I'm not I'm not in it for making a profit. You made your millions. (laughs) Billions. (laughs) This is now just a little playground for the for the for the the wannabes. Yeah, the Wayne Lineker one of these, right? Is your wife called Courtney, by the way? <laughs> she might be. <laughs> she might be. So, in the punishment wall, there's a couple of shackles. Sound a little bit Fifty Shades of Grey. This, I'm not sure we're going to go with this. <laughs> one on one, two on the hands. Yeah, two on the feet, and they've got to turn backwards. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, this really... this bit sounds a little bit weird. They'd have to drop the trousers. And <laughs> You get always stiff shaft. <laughs> okay. No, so the bare bottom okay. is is visible. Okay. Yeah. And what takes place then is <laughs> oh, what, what we call the the punishment. Um, what can we call it? The punishment punch. Okay. Okay. There's a there's a golden two iron oh, set nice. aside for the punishment wall. What okay. left? Like eighteen. Nice. Okay. A little bit short shafted because you don't need you want you want the loft, but
but you don't need the distance or the power. Okay. We got the text from the production team here, what they're saying. Oh, <laughs> Sounds like... Uh, <laughs> 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 when we did a stupid game in St. Andrews where we tried to rhyme people's surnames and Matt's just put, this sounds like a Rick, a Rick ordeals, <laughs> like Rick Shields. <laughs> um, two iron loft, 17 degrees we're going to go with, but a seven iron length, okay? Because yeah. you want the lowness, you want the power, but you want the accuracy. Want a strike. Then we have some not... Proper golf balls. Like, this is where I draw the line. Okay. But like, I don't want anyone to die. Yeah, okay. I just want them to be punished, okay? So, you know those, like, squishy balls that are, like, almost a bit more like a squash ball yeah. texture. So, okay. like a squishy one. And you tee it up, mm-hmm. and everybody, every single member who wants to attend, with all a few beers, so everyone's been joking and laughing. I mean, Big Frank on the wall isn't particularly happy because he's just about to get the punishment two iron in the yeah. buttocks. Everyone then has an opportunity to pound the two iron squash ball straight at the back of Big Frank. Yeah. And everyone's going, cheater, 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 cheater. <laughs> and then you get the last shot. You get the final <laughs> shot, don't you? Um, and, and hopefully he gets a few uh, balls in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> um, he then, and then, then I'm going to do one of two things, okay? If he's taking it like a man, <laughs> <laughs> if he's owned up to it and turns around, pulls his pants up and goes, all right, fellas, you got I'm me. I'm just tuning in at this point here now. <laughs> you got me, fellas. I cheated. I shouldn't have done it. Um, I'm really sorry. I won't do it again. Okay. I will allow them to be a member of the golf club if they pay double fees next year. And they also have to have head covers on their irons as a hashtag cheater. <laughs> <laughs> For one year. Yeah. If at this point, Big Frank still denies it, cries, hits the floor, pleads, pleads, this is not fair. Yeah. Right? I'm going to sue you. Ooh. All this jazz. Then he will be asked, he'll be escorted out of the premises, um, reported as a cheater to the national governing, governing bodies. Yeah. And also, <clears throat> what we didn't talk about, I actually own all the golf courses in the surrounding area as well. Just little play pens that I have. He doesn't get to play at any single golf course in the area either. Perfect. So if you've got a dear Rick for next week, email us, podcast at rickshields.com, and it's the last one next week. For a chance to win a motor caddy, and second place is a bag. Exactly. So last next week... No cheating. I don't no. know how they would cheat, but no cheating to try and win the prizes. No cheating. Yeah, next week is the last one in the series of the motor caddy-sponsored ones. So it's the episode we're going to give the last dear Rick. We're going to do that live, obviously. And then at the end of it, we're going to pick out two names from the hat. I just want to clear up all this was fictional too. You've got a very strange and vivid imagination <laughs> with chains and balls and stuff like that. But anyway, um, okay, that was good. So do you want to hear some of our listeners' favourite golf memories? I've, I took a, a little bit of a screenshot of some before. Let's do it's it. Nice mixture, actually. So um, actually, your friend of mine, Rob Potter. Big Rob. Big Rob. He said, being part of the team that won the YouTube Golf Day. Was That's nice. Favourite golf memories. That was a good day, the YouTube <clears> Golf in Day. Big Oggy. Uh, Matt, Brookbanks. Matt Brookbanks and the German fella. Oh yeah, I do know what you mean. There's quite a nice mix of these comments though. Cause Sorry, I forgot his name. You'll, you'll see that it was. It, I think that's the thing though, isn't it? What I'm realizing more as I get a bit older that for me, obviously, I love playing golf 
and hopefully play well. But it is so much more about the memories and the times that you have. And yep. that can be a score, it can be a shot, it can be a round with a certain person. And some of these are quite deep, but some of them are quite funny. But the next one is from Samuel, uh, Samuel Dela Cruz. It's quite a cool name. Awesome name. My best golf memory on the golf course isn't anything that special that's quite common. For, it's quite common for a lot of golfers. But it was my first chip in with a sandwich on the side of the green. Back when I started playing golf in college, and that got me hooked to golf. The feeling you get as a newbie to pulling off a golf shot like that is something really special and really motivated me to keep getting better. Love that. It's class, that, isn't it? Yeah, simple. I wish sometimes, because I played at such a young age, I can't remember shots like that <clears throat> that well because I would have been 10 or mate something. I weirdly remember my first birdie. Yeah. Yeah, first hole where I played, and I wasn't very long hitting. I didn't hit the green in two, but from like 30 or 40 yards out, pitched in for my first birdie. That's awesome. So I do remember that. The other thing I remember, weirdly, at my home golf club, they had a simulator well, well, well before wow. they were even a thing. It was really quite bizarre. Didn't I, it was, In fact, it was far too ahead of its time in terms of... They redeveloped the clubhouse and they put in a simulator probably the size of this room and it wasn't anywhere near the technology today, obviously, but it was an actual simulator and you could pay to, to use it. But they also had it on free sometimes. You could hit balls. Um, and I remember occasionally hitting one over 100 yards and being absolutely made. So I remember that. Um, but I don't remember like like certain shots. But um, this one from Cody Gardner, uh, the albatross I made two weeks ago from 160 yards on a short par five. That's nice. very. I've never made. Have you been albatross? <laughs> never. No, I made a fake one, but that's. Oh yeah, you had that recently. So, didn't like, you? It was about two years ago. I was on a par five at a local course, and I hit a driver, and I had about 220 yards left in, and I had a hybrid in the bag at the time. And I tried to hit like a three quarter, like kind of punchy, chippy hybrid, and like topped it into a bunker. Oh, that's not very good. Like, so I want to have that shot again because I think like that's a shot I'd like to have in the locker. Literally dropped another ball, did the exact same thing, and, and flushed it, and it went in. No way. So it was like it was a, it's my longest ever hole out, but it doesn't really count for anything, does it? it but... Was some guys on the other tee or something? As well, no, there's nobody got... there. I just I, I knew it had gone straight, and I got there's a pitch mark about twenty twenty foot thirty foot short, and obviously it was it was a, a hybrid. Obviously had four momentum on it. I thought this is going to be close, and it was in. It was quite a strange feeling. It was like I've held a shot, but it literally counts for absolutely nothing. It would have been nice for it to be for an albatross, <laughs> obviously. Uh, next one is from Stephen Johnson. As a new golfer, this year was my highlight, uh, breaking 100. I played okay throughout the round. I didn't really think about my score. The lads who were with me were struggling quite a bit, and they were getting quite frustrated, but I kept going. I lost my cool in a couple of holes, but managed to plot my way around the last three holes okay, and I was totting up my scores and it ended at 97. I was so chuffed that I achieved that, and my handicap has come down loads since. I started off um, with my three-card entries. At th- I got a 39, and now I'm off 29. That's really come good. Down to my 10. <clears throat> but I think that's the thing, that sometimes like breaking 100 might be a bigger achievement for somebody than when they then break 90 or 80. Yeah, because it's the first one, isn't it? Mm. I've got two... I've got two memories that stick out to me. I was just saving some pictures actually my mum sent me. <clears throat> it comes down to the story. Can it be, is it just a moment on the golf course? Yeah. Any golfing moment. A lot of these are on the golf course. But... So I've I've got two that really stand out to me. Number one, I'm going to go from a from a, a a professional career moment for me was the one time, well not the one time, was, well a couple of times, it was the day in general, YouTube golf day. Yes. On the putting green before we went playing. That was mad. Was probably one of the most surreal, amazing moments of my of my career. I know it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say that because it was just the fact that something we'd even just thought of in a bloody cafe six months earlier yeah. had turned into something as big as that with so many spectators, so many other creators, so many... Like, when, you, when you're looking at it and thinking, 
oh my god like you're one creator from one part of the world and you and like you're chatting and you're talking you're making content together and you like that was a really amazing experience one that I would like to do again potentially in the future, but that memory is so almost strong that I don't want to ruin it really. That was really good as a career. And I've had lots of really good highlights. Obviously, it's been an amazing thing to do. One of the things that I always remember was a trip I took when I was very young. In, in fact, I was this young guy. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And we'll, we'll, put, it on the, um, we'll put it on the main YouTube video. We had, I always heard a... Comp- did I see someone complain about a little, this? Yeah, in the Facebook group... Um, at, well, it's called the Rick Shields Golf Show uh, Facebook group. Which somebody had a bit of a kind of a complaint that they'd been listening to the audio podcast last week at St Andrews, and there's a few clips that we threw in that were on the video. And I kind of get what you mean. We don't want to ever become the audio podcast that doesn't really work. But but equally, with some of these things, it's nice to be able to show people. And and the second channel's free to watch. So even if you just want to skip that, you know, listen to the audio one, and you think, oh, at 33 minutes, Rick said something, and you skip to the other video and yeah. see it. So it's your choice, but... But that on the audio podcast would have sounded awful. All you'd have heard was wind Yeah, and... we're not going to do that too anyway, often. It's just the odd thing. We'll but... put this in the YouTube video, though. Okay, <laughs> Just see. to annoy that guy. Yeah. So I don't quite know how, how old I am at this point, but it's not... Well, I'll show you the picture. Oh, my days. Describe it. So you've got... Putter looks like a Scotty Cameron. I don't think it is. It's Scotty Cameron shape. You've got a proper pair of like saddle shoes, like a white golf shoe with the brown saddle. How old do you think I'm there? Probably about thirteen. Yeah, I was about twelve or thirteen. You've got actually a decent fitted pair of pants for that era because they weren't that baggy. You've got a jumper on and a hat, like a bit of a chav. Um, But I think it's just a cap that gives that look. The collar's quite up as well, but very much of the. I always wear my collar up at the time. Did you? Yeah. Where was that? So this is one of. This is one of my greatest memories ever. God, I do look a bit chavvy. Uh, oh, yeah, look at those shoes. They're awesome. Um, this was one of my greatest memories ever, right? So me and my mum, yeah. who got me into golf, and I'm, I'm sure we've already said this in the podcast at some point, she got me into it. Um, we decided to go on a trip, <clears throat> and just me and her jumped in the car. I think she might have been working or something. And we headed to the Isle of Arran. Do you know it? Yes, in Scotland. Well, I've heard of it. I don't know it. I saw it. So in Scotland, it's just off the coast of the northeast, west of Scotland. Uh, it's an island, and basically on this island, it's got seven golf courses on it. Some are like long, proper golf courses. Some are little dinky, like yeah. pitching putts or whatever, or nine holes, or whatever. So me and my mum jumped in the car. We got the ferry over to the Isle of Arran. We stayed in a little cottage, and and each day we played a a oh, new golf class. course and each day we drove around the island and weirdly w- listened to Whitney Houston which <laughs> might explain a lot of things in my life and uh we'd go to these different golf courses and play and it was just I remember it being at the time like I'd not really been on a golf holiday I'd only been playing golf for about a year and a half or something and be able to spend time with my mum she doesn't play golf anymore for whatever reason but we used to go there I wasn't particularly very good at the time so it's just a really nice kind of bonding experience and I still so vividly remember the golf courses and where they are and I'm just looking at the map now and thinking oh yeah I remember playing it up there and down south there and it was just classic so that was one of the one of my best memories in golf was just being able to play seven days with a family member obviously my mum just driving around having a great time and that's and, cool uh, and just enjoying it I should relive that for a video a Chavis 13 year old we should do that as a video. It'll be sick. Seven days in Aaron. Mm-hmm. It is class. Over, it's really nice over there. Has Eric done a video there? Eric Anders Lang. I feel in like Aaron. Things a bell. Might not have done. It might have done actually. Um, a couple of others then before we leave this topic. It's been quite nice. Um, I'm sorry. There was one other thing as well. Oh, sorry, where our cottage was. No, it's nothing mad. Where our cottage was. I was fascinated. Right, we're in this little bay, and across the bay there was this island. Right, right across the bay. 
standalone island, and uh, it was called Holy Island, right? And monks lived on it. Oh my day! So and and so when you're there, because I I stayed, you can see some. It's literally called Holy Island, and I was fascinated about this island, like thinking. Literally, people just monks just live on the island. They don't how have technology. Like little... They don't have. They must have had a boat or something. How do they get food? How do they get stuff? How do they get stuff? Like oh, nice. they don't know about anything about like what's happening in the world. And some part of me just thought it had to be quite nice to live like that. But I'd get a bit bored anyway. Uh, a couple more. Then Gareth Price said hitting a three iron out of the rough in front of two ex Liverpool football players, John Aldridge and Jason McAteer. They were playing behind us. I hit it to about three foot. John Aldridge said it was the best shot he's ever seen. That'd be nice. Nice. Um, this is a good one um, from Mark Rodbert. Playing the old course with my best mate from school in 2019. We started off playing together in 1975. After school, still in our uniforms and everything. And with our dad's cast-off clubs. And we're still playing golf together 45 years later. That's really cool. There's a picture <laughs> That's on the really bridge. Good. And the last one, this is a bit of a sad one, but it's from Alistair Brownlee. Um, uh, a, mem- a memory, although kind of sad, Played around a round of golf with a great work friend. He gave me a cigar, which I don't smoke, so it went into my golf bag. Um, he sadly passed away a few weeks later. The cigar now lives in my bag and comes every round with me. Oh, R.I.P. Right. Matt. So, oh, so nice. that one, it's not the actual memory. Obviously, it's more the fact that he didn't chuck the cigar and yeah, he kept yeah. it in his golf bag. And then, obviously, unfortunately, he passed away, but he still got that as a bit of a token. Is that Alistair Brownlee, the uh, Olympian? Could be. I don't know, actually. I don't know if it's Alistair. This was Alistair, like with a D. All right, this is Alistair... Brownlee. Cool. Um, that was nice. Nice little touching stories. Yeah. There was something else I wanted I've to cover. Got, uh, well, we've, got the, we've got the, the Bryson and... Um, Brooks Beef. Brooks Beef, which I don't know much about, really. So I don't know if you can elaborate on that much or not. So, after the USPGA... Let's just... Yeah, okay. After the USPGA, Brooks was doing an interview, and he looked a bit disheartened. I, I think this was the final round, so he's, he's been playing with Phil Mickelson. He didn't win, obviously. Phil went on to win, which we'll come on to in a minute. And... Brooks was doing an interview, and by the side of him, Bryson DeChambeau was also kind of finishing off an interview or whatever. And apparently, from the rumour has it, that a couple of things got taken away from this kind of video that got leaked, because that shouldn't... I don't think that video should have ever really come out. They were 100% going to get I almost feel out, like though. it's a bit orchestrated. Yeah, I, I really yeah. do. I feel like it's a bit staged. But basically, as uh, Brooks is saying, that he, he struggled on the greens, and most people struggle on the greens today, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, Bryson said, if you start it online, you wouldn't struggle. Something along those lines. A bit of a dig as he yeah. walked past. So... Uh, Brooks rolled his eyes, um, lost his train of thought, kind of swore and kind of said, I can't, you know, I can't concentrate with that kind of shit taking place or whatever in the background. So he um, he, he wasn't happy, basically. wasn't happy at all. And, and Bryson kind of walked off. He had spikes on as well, Bryson, which a lot of people thought that that's why he was, was annoyed noisy. at first. Because as, Bri- as Brooks was doing an interview, Bryson, it's annoying with Brooks and Bryson. Um <clears throat> Bryson had spikes on, so people thought Brooks was a bit annoyed because of the the titter tatter across the you know the, the path or whatever it may be. Um, but I, re- I, I want to believe it wholeheartedly. Really want to believe it, but I, I just some of me feels like it's it's planned. Mm. I don't know. I just yeah, I'm not too sure on that. Both golfers are quite fiery. Certainly Brooks is. He's not scared about saying his opinion. He, he's been in kind of a few little beasts before. And, you know, he's very, very kind of open to, to um, you know, saying what he thinks. And obviously Bryson is as well. Both big fellas. And I'm sure they're not scared of anybody. Um, and there was a, then a line that took place on Twitter this weekend. So it came out that Phil Mickelson was having another match. Yeah. 
Tom Brady, um, with it? Tom Brady and um, against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers, who I think is an NFL player or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know actually. <clears> sorry if somebody says he's not, but there's another match coming up. And um, Bright, uh, Brooks then went to Twitter and kind of said, oh, feel sorry for your Aaron Rodgers. And obviously a bit of beef started there. And Bryson responded saying, I'm glad I've got into your head or things like this. Living in, you're living, I'm living in your head rent free, I think you put. Um, then there's a bit more back and forth and blah, blah, blah. Then there's also this underlying match that's happening at the moment. So I don't really know the guy, but the, the president from Barstool Sports, again, it's massive in America, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Barstool Sports, has called out Bryson, uh, Brooks, sorry, and Brooks is going to play this president of Barstool Sport. Left-handed, is it? Yes. Yeah. And this, I don't, I don't even know this guy's name, has said um, that he's asked now Bryson to caddy for him. <laughs> so that'd be quite funny if that comes off. Um, a lot of questions around this kind of £40 million social media pot that the PJ have put out there at the moment. That's the idea that, you know, if you have raised more publicity for the PJ Tour, you get rewarded at the end of the season. Um I've definitely seen a trend of, of, we said it a few weeks ago, I've seen a trend of, of tour players starting to do their own much more social media. Mm-hmm. We actually saw a, a vlog that Bryson released. That was good. Yeah, I've not watched it all. You said you, you said it was really good. I've watched little snippets of it. Um, Phil on social media just going mental. I don't think he does his own stuff, Phil. Yeah, yeah but he, he does his video stuff. He obviously well, does all yeah. his video stuff. Like I think his tweeting that took place after USPJ wasn't yeah. wasn't him because that was a lot of stuff that got done. But, you know, when he's talking in the car park about bloody bombs and hellacious seeds and all this, that's got to be, obviously, yeah. got to be Phil. Um, but I think there's a big push on social media at the moment. I feel like this is brewing to, to turn into something, whether it's a big money match or... I feel like golf like this could be turned a little bit into boxing soon. I think it's good for golf, though, because if you think about it... My mic keeps moving. If you think about it, when a golfer comes onto the scene, you see them obviously on the golf course, you might see them do a five-minute into afterwards. You don't really get to know much about them as a person, do you? It's no. only when they've been on the scene for so long that you feel like you know them. Like, I don't feel like I know Matt Wolf, for example, really. No. What, what, like, what do you know about him? You know, you feel like you might know Poulter a bit because he's been on the scene for so long. Obviously, the Ryder Cups and stuff, you can kind of gauge the personality. But even like Rory, what do you know about Rory, really? Yeah. You don't. The thing is, I always think about this and I always think, I'd love to see behind the scenes. But like I say, maybe I need to watch more of this Bryson stuff that he's doing at the moment. I don't know what it'll do, what it'll make me think. What I do like thinking If you see... Go on, sorry. I just like to think and I know what happens behind the scenes a bit more. I know there's a scene in that video. If you're not... If not, this Bryson's got his own YouTube channel now, and he put this like vlog on it for half an hour long. It's not super, super exciting, but it's just quite like a slow paced the week in the life. There's one point he gets up at like half five in the morning, it's Bentley, and he goes to, to the event and he has to fill up fuel on the way. And it sounds ridiculous, but just watching him at the gas station, as he called in America, filling up his car with petrol or diesel or whatever in the rain, like it's real. Like you kind of think in two hours' time, he's on the telly in bombs with millions of people across the world. It was a normal guy. And I almost think for these guys, they don't have to make it mad content. It's just seeing that they are real people and then seeing them maybe in the hotel room afterwards or going out for dinner and what they think. You don't see any of that normally. And that's there's definitely a gap in the market for somebody to take that and, and be more real. Because you, you, you feel more part of them then. You want them to do well. Like I already want Bryson to do well because I feel like I know him more. I don't know him obviously at all, but I feel like I do from watching him on those videos. Yeah. It's um, like, for example, do you know Colin Marikawa? No. Like, you don't know anything about them, do you? Well, the the, the issue that you find is certainly when they're doing, um, when they are doing interviews post-round, 
they are very they turn into some of the like media trained yeah you know it's very safe it's very corporate it's thank the sponsors thanks for the event great i just didn't quite play great today i'll i'll move on i'll try and get better next week you hear all those same repetitive lines but it is nice to hear a bit of a different kind of take on it really i like it um see more of it do you want to see a match with them with them too um not massively really what what, what? i'd like to see them in a boxing match I don't think a golf match does much. Does it? I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you, and then they'll just play and one will win or whatever they play. You know, I don't know. I feel like obviously not going to be a boxing match. That would be ridiculous, but it would be funny if they did. But I don't think that, I don't think golf massively has that for me in a, in a in a match format. I don't think it massively. It might do. I might change my tune, but I don't think it massively because for me with boxing, I get quite into boxing. A very casual fan, but you have two guys often sometimes undefeated, and you can't believe that one of them is going to have to lose because it's like they're both undefeated fighters. Yeah. And they might be going for a belt or whatever it might be. And the whole week, month, two months before, they're giving each other the trash talk. And some, sometimes it's a bit fake, but you get so involved in it. They're both saying, I'm going to beat you in the first round. I'm going to beat you in the first round or whatever it might be. And then the fight happens and then one of them wins and one of them loses. Obviously, very, very rarely it could actually be a draw. But with golf, it's like, well, if Bryson and, and um, Brooks played each other, well, one of them will lose. Like I, I kind of know that. I'm not doesn't mean anything, does it? The only way I'd like to see it happen, but I don't think it would because it's too much of a risk, if they actually played for 10 million of their own money. But even so, it would still be backed, wouldn't it? It'd be massive That's what I'm saying, though. I want it literally out of their own money. Like, and I, I'm sure, like I say, they'll make it back in sponsors and stuff, but even that match that Mickelson and Tiger did a couple of years ago when they, they were playing for a million, it wasn't their money. I know, but even that, I know what you're saying, but it doesn't work because if they say we're paying for 10 million out of our own money, they're still going to make money doing it. Oh, so yeah. gonna, the sponsorship for the event makes. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'd back. love. That's what I'd love to see. Just have a match of just an actual cash match, but they'll just make it on a YouTube. Way. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Imagine, that'd be the way. Do it on YouTube, so but like on someone else's channel, they don't make a penny from it. Yeah, and it's just all egos. Like, right, I'm paying for ten million. There's no sponsors. There's no sponsorship boards. If you want to play on my channel, that's fine. That'd be sick. I'll host it. Yeah, I, I think that's something I would like to see. Like genuinely, at the end, you see. An exchange, not an exchange of ten million, but an exchange like an actual. Oh, I'm gutted because I've just lost ten million. Where I feel like when again when they're playing for a million in these matches, they're playing for a million, but they're not going to lose a million. Like there's not, they're still in profit. What about if they played and the, and the loser had to delete all the social media? Yeah, and they had to start again. Yeah, that'd be quite good. I just feel like it. Either, yeah, it just needs to. But then equally, Brooks has got four majors, hasn't he now? Yeah, has he got four or three? Four, I think. Four. Bryson's got one. So that that's his argument done straight away. Well, I've got more majors than you. So until Bryson gets more than him, he can't really say anything, can he? Be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, just on the, I know we're a bit late to the party here because we filmed this kind of later, but <clears throat> it's like two weeks late now. Just very quickly to touch on it. Well done, Phil Mickelson, for winning the USPJ. Yeah. Uh, feels like a very young 51-year-old. Yeah. 48-year-old. Because he is. Fi- he's 51. He's 51. I'm confused. I thought he was 48. Um... Why did you say 51 first, though? I don't know. I feel like I was too old, because I thought he was two years older than Jack when he was 46. I'm sure he's 51. Um, We're late to the party, and we're getting the stats wrong. Is he 51? Uh, Well, you've got me doubting it now, but I kind of, in my head all along, he was 51. Uh, He's 50. 51 very soon, a couple of weeks. (laughs) Um, He feels like a very young 50-year-old. Like he doesn't. I remember when we were talking about Tom Watson nearly winning the Open at fifty-eight. Like he felt like an old fifty-eight-year-old. 
Well, yeah, but it's quite a big difference as well, I suppose, because yeah. you're thinking that he's essentially 60 at 58, yeah. whereas he's just 50. But, yeah, I, glad he won, I suppose. It, it, take nothing away if it's a major. It's unbelievable that age to win a major, and he hit the longest drive of the week as well, I saw. Yeah, yeah. But it's the USPGA. If it was the Masters, it would have felt different, wouldn't it, or the Open? It would have. It probably made, uh, not that I watched loads of it, I literally watched the last two holes of him walking down the uh, the... 17th and 18th when he won it that was it I, I wasn't that invested in, in watching it again the USPJ. I do feel like that that event needs to do something differently because yes. I'm just not that bothered like USP, US Open's coming up next at Torrey Pines I, I, I'll be kind of interested and then the Open it all depends on who's doing well the USPJ for me as I've said before is my least favourite but having said that if it was two massive names down the stretch level with three holes to play, you probably get a lot more invested, don't you? So it's, it's down to who's doing well. Obviously, Phil Mickelson's a massive name in golf. It's great for him. So it is really good to show people of all ages can play and compete. Um, I said it before when Tom Watson nearly won that obviously a lot of people don't agree with. And David Cannon said I missed the point about how I was kind of glad Tom Watson didn't win the Open years ago, which sounds terrible to say. But I just sometimes worry that does that inspire young kids to play? It might do, it might not, I don't know. Does does it make a difference who wins? I'm not I think, sure. I think it'll give a lot of, I don't know, a lot of, probably doesn't get more people in, but it gives a lot of people who are into golf probably more purchase on, or, well, I'm I'm 40 and I don't feel like I'm going to play any better, where they might go, well, actually, Phil McCann's just won at 50. I've got, you know, I've got time to get better, like still. So I don't think it'd probably get many new people in, but hopefully it would keep people in the game a bit Loads more. of like 40-year-old blokes now wanting to make it the seniors tour. Yeah, exactly. like 10 years of solid practice. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'll hope US Open, then the Open, and there's talks that the Open's going to have like an attendance, which is good, like 75% attendance. That will be good. Which will be incredible, because I think we very much missed the Open uh, wasn't happened yes didn't happen obviously last year so hopefully it does take place with a great crowd this year. Good. Are we done? I think so. I don't even know how long it's been. How long has it been, Matt? An hour. Bang Whoa. on. Nice solid hour. Um, great. We're gonna do one more. It doesn't matter. Nobody needs to know, guys. <laughs> watch Friday break seventy five St Andrews. Hopefully you enjoyed the last one. Um, and that is episode number seventy seven done. Great. We'll see you all soon. Cool. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 